Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high-achieving and ambitious mid-level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook, Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn, and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How's it going? How are you doing today? Hey, hopefully my voice sounds better than the last few recordings. I The last time I sent a couple of episodes to my editor, to put my podcast editor, I, I apologized to him for all of the coughing that he was going to have to back out. And it's been rough. I had a pretty severe upper respiratory infection and, and it ended up in the ER and didn't heal properly. It took a couple of weeks before I had to go to another level with the medications and then feeling better now, so not to worry. Today, as I record this, is actually the last day of a round of steroids, which I hate being on. If you've ever been on steroids, you know what I'm talking about. Don't sleep, get cranky, and then when you come off of them, you feel like you're going to die. So I get that to look forward to. I've planned my weekend. This is Friday, and I've planned my weekend too. If I need to be, you know, on the sofa all weekend, I'm going to be. And this leads into what I wanted to say today, because I had a client, or I shouldn't say a client, but I had a listener of the podcast who had listened to, it had to be a really old episode when I talked about this. And in in the morass of the medications that I was in and all the things that was going on, I lost her message and I don't, I didn't remember where she sent it to me from, how I received this message. So I couldn't backtrack, so I'm going to say it on the podcast. And hopefully she or he might be listening because it was a fair question. And it had to do with me talking one time about when I was at, I think I was at Columbus State at the time, Columbus State University, and I was hiring a secretary. And the one of the candidates had, I said, tell me about yourself. And she said, well, I'm a single mother. I have two or three preschool age children and I'm in the National Guard. And... I proceeded to talk about how, you know, I already was like, well, she's never going to be here. And fairly, this this person who had listened to the podcast is like, are you saying that, you know, is is like, do you are you against small children and all of those things? And and what I meant to say there, and I clearly did not articulate it properly, was when you are in the interview process, there's a time for this. And it's been interesting because since her message came to me, I've had a few clients who I've had that conversation with, who who needed that conversation about this thing that they want or this thing that they need as part of their willingness to work at a particular company, whether it's to do with work from home, whether it's some sort of an accommodation, whether it's, you know, I've got a honeymoon planned, when do I tell them, like, whatever it is, there's a time and right off the bat isn't the time. So let's take this out of the context of an interview and let's put it into the context of a relationship if you go on the first date let's just say you prefer women you go on a date with a woman and the woman says to you you know hey tell me more about yourself and the first thing you say is well 
I have I have seven children and I don't make much money. I'm really a minimum wage job and really having a lot of problems with my ex, really getting in the way a lot. There's a lot of we've spent a lot of time in prison and in the court system and all that and that kind of thing. You see how much of a turnoff that would be. It's funny because as I'm saying that, that kind of was the last guy that I talked to when I was trying to date. I kind of gave up after him because I was like, oh, are you kidding me? But we got on a phone call that he was very promising. And then he just started telling me about all his kids, how much money he didn't make. I mean, very specific stuff. And it was too early in the relationship for that. And the same thing would have been true for this woman. You know, the fact that she had preschool children, I believe it was three of them. The fact that she was in the National Guard, the fact that she was a single parent. I'm I'm going to argue that those things should never come up in the interview process. I was very careful to keep the fact that I was a single parent of two very young children out of the process the last time I was going through interviews back in, we won't talk about what year. But even if it is something that does need to be brought up, the timing is not right because they don't know enough about you yet, enough positive to outweigh what could be perceived as negative. So when she said that to me right off the bat, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, she's a, a, a single parent of three kids. So every time a kid's sick, perhaps she's going to have to be out. And especially with my secretary positions, that's always been somebody that dependability has been so important because if she or she is not there, the phones don't get answered. The mail doesn't get, you know, sorted, the, all the things, right? And the fact that she was talking about on top of that being in the National Guard, then that made me think, oh, she automatically going to be out like on a Friday or however that works at least once a month, because I know that's the commitment for the National Guard. And then there's a big commitment in the summer. So because she told me all of that before I had any good with which to balance it, it put a, it put a negative. Like I was automatically sort of, uh, you could probably see my body physically move backwards when she said that to me. Whereas if she had had to say to me, I, I want to let you know that once a month I'm going to need to be off on Fridays for National Guard and then there is a two-week commitment, one week, whatever it is, in the summertime. And she had said that to me after we had had a very successful maybe couple of interviews. I She was my primary candidate. I had made an offer. Now it's a very different conversation. So it's not about, A, it's not about the fact that you have this thing in your life and nor is it about it's not about me thinking negatively about people who have small children or you know are in the national guard or you know having any negative feelings about those people who have those situations in their life it's about saying it too soon before there is anything with which to counterbalance so i hope that makes sense i hope that my listener and i really appreciate if you are listening that you reached out with that question because it's absolutely fair, and I apologize that I didn't make myself clearer in the first place. All right, so total 180, we're going to talk about resources and strategies for working from home. Since COVID, of course, the number of people working from home or that want to work from home has increased exponentially. You know, it used to be the exception rather than the rule, and now it's kind of the rule rather than the exception. And so today I want to offer you some resources and then strategies for work from home. Now, I'm not going to go into certain things that I've already covered. So if you want to determine which types of work from home jobs you should apply for, I've talked about that other in other episodes. I'm going to assume for today's episode that you know what kind of job you want. So we're not doing career decision. 
We're not trying to pivot into a work from home job. We know what we want to do. We just want to do it from home. And this could also be, you know, a hybrid situation as well. And I want to make a note clear because I was, I was working with a prospective client and I, and I said to her, I, I, as we're emailing back and forth, I said, you know, it is important that your desire to work from home shouldn't be the primary consideration. Because if you do that, you run a real risk of ending up with a job that you hate. So all you've really done is change the geography of your unhappiness. And in some cases, it can be worse unhappiness because it is, it can be isolating unhappiness if you're working from home and really un- unlike not liking your job. So you still have to be able to exercise your, as I call them, zones of genius at work. So, you know, I'm licking envelopes. Now, if you love to lick envelopes, if that makes you happy and that's what you were doing in your previous job, then great. But if, if all you're doing is thinking, oh, I can lick envelopes and work from home. And, you know, be whatever it is about work from home that you want, be near the kids, have more flexibility, whatever it is. I can promise you those days are going to be really, really long. Now, I'm also not going to go into the steps that everyone should be taking to look for any kind of job, right? So customizing your resume, networking, all of those things are necessary regardless of what the, the geographic situation of, of where you want to work is. Also, buyer beware. There are work from home scams out there. So check with the Better Business Bureau. Do some, do some Googling, check around, look them up, make sure that the situation is valid. And, and hopefully what you're dealing with is legitimate companies, name brand, maybe companies that you've heard of companies that if you haven't heard from them, you can verify them elsewhere. And they have work from home opportunities as opposed to a company that is just selling you or promoting to you work from home jobs. Now, first thing I want to say about this is filters. There are a number of legitimate remote job sites. I'm going to talk about those in this episode. The other option that you have is using a filter on those mainstream sites like LinkedIn. So you can try remote, try work from home, telecommute, virtual. Those are terms that should get you those work from home opportunities. And that's going to narrow down the jobs you see. And you may also want to think about the fact that some companies may offer work for home jobs on their website, but not necessarily on a site like LinkedIn. So it never hurts. I think that's a good general rule, whether you want work from home or not, is double check, right? So, you know, it could be that a company, because LinkedIn is expensive to advertise on, they've got three openings that you would be really happy with. And only one of them is on LinkedIn because, I don't know, it's higher, it's higher paid or it's been harder for them historically to fill that job, whatever. And then the other two are just on their their website. Now, this is a really important area, and I've talked a lot about this with my clients. You want to read the job description and interpret it. So some job descriptions are going to clearly say, this is an in-person, this is a virtual, this is a hybrid job, you know, or it'll say option four or something like that. And sometimes it may be specific. So I've seen ones which... I had a client bring one that said it was hybrid. You got to work from home half a day a week. And, she, and I looked at her and she looked at me and we're like, oh, it doesn't sound like a hybrid job to me if it's half a day on Friday and the rest of the time you got to be in the office. But that's just my opinion. But sometimes it will be specific. So must be in the office two to three days a week or something like that. When the parameters are specifically laid out in the job description, I would take that as fact. So if it says, and this is what I am seeing, you know, position is in office in Anaheim, California, wherever it is. 
they are making a statement because the world has shifted in the last few years. The it's kind of gone to a 180, right? So people are saying this isn't an office job, whereas 2018 and before it would have said, you know, something about this is a work from home job because that was again the exception. So the other, so if it says that, says this isn't an office job, I would take that as fact. And if that's a big deal to you, then that's probably not the right opportunity. If you see something like must be in the office two to three days a week, what that tells me is there's a little bit of negotiation. Perhaps you can negotiate that down to the two days. Maybe you can negotiate which of those days you have to be there. So you really want to look and see what that says. If it says must be in the office Monday through Friday, that isn't going to likely be very flexible. Now let's talk about those jobs that aren't as clear in their description. So post COVID, I tell my clients to take it as a possible sign that there is some flexibility. So if there's nothing mentioned about work from home, hybrid or whatever, I'm thinking I don't want to remove myself from consideration for this job I'm really interested in and I'm really qualified for just because I want work from home capabilities and they haven't said that that's a possibility. So I'm going to go through the process and see what happened. And this ties in really nicely to what I was talking about at the outset with the the writer The time to ask that is after you've gotten a bona fide offer or somewhere into the process they've said, let's talk about, you know, work from home versus hybrid or, you know, they bring the topic up. But you don't want to do it too soon because, again, they don't have the benefits of you to outweigh or to counterbalance any work from home requirements or or expectations that you have. An employer who does have some flexibility is more likely to exercise that flexibility once they've gotten to know you. They're more likely to go to bat for you. It may require taking this request up the food chain, and they may be willing, more willing to do that because they know the value that you would bring to the organization. Now, let's talk about if they do bring it up, and maybe it's in the first interview. It's, It's kind of early. So perhaps the question comes up like, we're, you know, we want to know what kind of setting you're looking for. Are you available to come into the office? Do you, you know, they may just kind of throw out some options to you. And at this point, I would be honest but vague. So I might say something like, I might throw it back to them as a question. What do you see as viable options for this job? What, what are your, what are your expectations? What are you thinking? And kind of let that guide how I talk. Now, based on how I, how, what kind of response I get back, I may say, I may be again vague, like that sounds like something we could work with if it's in the neighborhood of, if it's way off, I might say something like, well, I was hoping for something more like, and again, be vague. So let's just say they say, we're looking for it to be hybrid. We want the person in the office three to four days a week. Well, I was looking for something more on the low end of that. Does that seem like a possibility? Yes. And just kind of move on. Because again, if this is happening in the first interview or possibly even the second interview, they don't yet know how great you are. They don't know how fantastic you are and the value that you're going to bring. So we don't want to preclude ourselves from consideration by locking ourselves into something. This is likely not going to be solidified until you get that bona fide job offer, which is typically in writing. And it's very clear they are offering you the job. There's nothing ambiguous about it. They are offering you the position. And you want to make sure that anything that you want relative to work from home, hybrid, or anything else about the job is cleared up and dealt with before you sign on the dotted line. 
they're not likely to add to the offer after you said yes. I also want you to be wary of language that speaks to the temporary nature of hybrid or work from home. So I had a client recently who had to quit her job out in California because they changed the rule and now they, they had to be in office and she had something like a two, two and a half hour commute. I'm working with a client right now who lives in Dallas and his company is headquartered in LA. And as of October of this year, to continue working for them, he has to move to LA, which he has no desire or intention of doing. Now, things can change, but look at that. What does it say at this time? Like, how are they doing that? I recently sat in on a Society of Human Resource Management training from a employment lawyer, and he was talking about how the companies should protect themselves with that wording so that they have flexibility to change from remote or hybrid to in-office and they're not locking themselves in. The flip side I'm looking at is I want to protect my clients, which are the employees, and you want to look at how that is worded. All right, so let's talk about some work-for-home websites. And I highly recommend, if you're, especially if you're driving down the road, to check the show notes out for these, and they're all in there with the links. So Flex Jobs is one of the top boards to find remote, part-time, and flex jobs. Now, those can be more, you know, gig economy kinds of jobs as opposed to career opportunities, but I want you to take a look at flex jobs. Grow remotely is more long-term remote jobs with conscious companies. So they're thinking about, you know, socially conscious, environmentally conscious, that kind of thing. We work remotely has been a great job board that I've referenced for many years, and you've got all kinds of jobs in there. So we work remotely. Remote.co has the job listings and also resources on how to work from home. So like managing your time, you know, how just how to set yourself up. So if if that's something that's new to you, which I think most people it's not in 2023, but if you would like some help in doing that, that's a good site. Another one is ratracerebellion.com. And that one seems to be more seasonal, temporary kinds of work. But again, check it out. Wajob Queen, that's W-A-H-J-O-B-Q-U-E-E-N, is a grassroots site that was recommended to me by a client. And it's kind of a woman running the thing, so it's very informal, but it did look like it had some good stuff on there. Another one I've heard several clients talk about is the Mom Project, but I did look at all these sites in preparing for today's episode because I want to make sure, A, they were still around, and B, that I wasn't seeing any red flags. And I did have a couple that I was going to recommend in there. They're down or looked sketchy. And the Mom Project, I, a lot of things came up about it being a scam. So I started, so, you know, you start, you do the Mom Project, but instead of the Mom Project coming up, it was a whole list of sites about scamming. They supposedly feature roles with vetted family-friendly companies that it, it includes remote positions, so it's not just about remote. But I just wanted to let you know that I did see a lot about scams for that one. And as I said, you can also go to sites like Indeed, LinkedIn, Idealist, if you are in the nonprofit world, and then put in that filter of remote, work-from-home, telecommute, virtual, and see what happens. Here are some mainstream, we'll call them sites, that I want to mention. These come up as being the most used ones in a AARP article that I read recently, the 
retired. Yes, I have AARP membership. So we've got LinkedIn and Indeed, which we talked about. Glassdoor.com, I recommend to a lot of people, great job postings and also good information about the culture and different aspects of the company from people who have worked there. ZipRecruiter is one that I, I mean, they advertise heavily. I have not had good luck with them, but, and I haven't, clients haven't told me they have, but it's, they're advertising heavily. USA Jobs is going to be specifically for government position, federal positions. That's USAjobs.gov. Monster's still around. Simply Hired is still around. Career Builder is still around. Snagajob.com. And then finally, RobertHalf.com. And Robert Half is a, a recruitment talent firm. So as usual, we have the DIY versus the DFY set. So DIY, if you're doing the remote job search solo, the biggest piece of advice that I want to give you is what I've already mentioned in this episode. The fact that a remote job, the fact that a job is remote should not be your main consideration. You still need that job satisfaction. You need the opportunity to use your zones of genius. And if you don't know what your zones of genius are, go on my website, exclusivecareercoaching.com, click on the free resources button and get yourself a zones of genius exercise. You want to be able to expand your skills. So is this a job where you're going to have support or are they throwing you out there on your own? Do you have a sense of connection? I would absolutely, if I was interviewing for a remote job, ask them about how is team building happening with this job being remote? You know, how is the rest of the team find out, is everybody remote? Am I going to be the only one? Is it half and half? What's that look like? You will have undoubtedly a higher, a more intense climb if you are the only one working remotely and everybody else is coming to the office every day, you're going to feel like an outsider almost inevitably. Don't mistakenly think that working from home is going to solve all your problems. You know, you want to really look at, if you're thinking about leaving a company because you're in the office and you think that the answer to all of it is to work from home, really break that down and, and give that a hard look. Maybe you really do want to work from home, but it could also be a knee-jerk reaction to whatever's going on in your in-office job. So that's my DIY recommendation. DFY. As I have said approximately 1,000 times on this podcast, your, your job search cannot and should not rely solely on job boards. And that is particularly important as you move up and get into middle and upper ranks. I have gone so far on this podcast to say that job boards does not constitute a job search. That all you're doing, if all you're doing is looking at job boards, then all you're doing is looking at job boards. So is, I don't know, some huge percentage of the U.S. population. You need a targeted proactive strategy that is at least 25% networking if you're at a very junior level, right out of college, a few years out of college, to 100% networking based if you're at the executive level. And if you want help planning and executing a targeted proactive job search with multiple prongs, specific daily action steps, and a plan to evaluate and make mid-course corrections on your strategy so that you are fixing what's not working, then let's schedule a consult. I put my link in the show notes. You can also get that link by visiting my website, exclusivecareercoaching.com. And let's have a chat about how I can support you in your job search. I hope this helps thinking about work from home and I'll see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. 
It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.